football podcast this week is week one football is starting and i am pumped as you know i'm your host jason seplick the football goonie himself you can find me at twitter at the ff goonie welcome to the show oh man we're really psyched today um got some special stuff planned have some bold predictions And then we're going to get into the Keeper League and Dynasty League Week 1 matchups. On a quick side note, I hope you guys just appreciate how hard I work for you. I am dying uh, post-follow-up from my surgery where they pretty much just jammed a straw in my freaking brain. Uh, But we're hopped up on some medication and we're here to bring you some hard-hitting football analysis. And as always, remember, I barely pay attention to anything this offseason. So, my takes are pretty much guaranteed anyways, and I'm better than you at fantasy football, but take them with a grain of salt. Anyways, let's get into my bold takes. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right. So, to start things off, we're going to disparage my dynasty team a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go on a hot take and say Deshaun Watson, even though we're expecting some drop, everyone still is in the top 10, I'm going to say he is a back-end quarterback to this season. Finishing between uh, 16 and 24, basically. 16 and 24. Good, because I'm a hot little potato right now. Uh, Basically, I just don't see Will Fuller doing a full season, uh, Brandon Cooks doing a full season, David Johnson doing a full season. So his weapons are going to be cycling through pretty well. Uh, I mean, chances are he'll probably surprise and be like a back-end quarterback one. But this is a bold, hot take. So, back end, QB2. Now, sticking with the quarterbacks, I'm going to make myself feel a little better. 
And I'm going to say that Dak Prescott is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy football for all formats. Hot! Too hot! That's right. I believe that Amari Cooper is going to continue to be a wide receiver one, although he'll be more borderline wide receiver one just because it's in consistent weeks. And between Michael Gallup and um, CeeDee Lamb, he is going to just feed, feed, feed through the receiving core. And then on top of that, you got the step from Jarwin. You got Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard coming in and uh, sprinkling in there. I just, I don't see another team that has a better set of weapons overall. And then on top of that, the O-line to go with it. Yeah, the the Chiefs have a great running back, uh, great receiver one, great tight end. Uh, Obviously, Jarwin's nowhere near the tight end that Kelsey is. But I don't, they don't have the best line in the world, even though uh, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Dak. I think the, the big thing is people have always thought of Dak as just a, a second-tier quarterback with good weapons that always just seems to get it done, but they always expect he's going to you know, regress back, and he never does. He continues to be a, a quarterback one through his whole career, and I think this is going to be his real defining season because after this, you're going to get a little more shakeup where it's going to be two receivers. I think they're just going to have too much to deal with this year, uh, whereas next year they may move on from Mari Cooper or Michael Gallup or one of them falls back. So I, I, I definitely think this is going to be a huge Cowboys year. And they're one of the the top contenders for the Super Bowl, I think. So, uh, couple that with pretty good defense too. So uh, that's just regular football side. And then my third, my third quarterback take of the year is I think Lamar Jackson falls out of the QB one uh, range. I think he's still going to be a high end QB two because that rushing. But uh, if he does get into QB1, it's going to be back end. He he was uber hyper efficient. And I know they say his passing got better. I don't think it did. I think it was just a bunch of big chunk plays that no one was expecting or ready for. He was very conservative and pretty much just a rusher. So no one really expected just deep bomb, deep bomb, deep bomb. And then a bunch of great plays after the catch. Uh, I think the, the emergence of Dobbins mixed with... Um, with Mark Ingram's going to scale back his running a little bit too. And I just don't see him being the top tier asset he was last year. Uh, I mean, obviously he still has that potential, but it's just too many things went right for him to have this amazing season. I see it view him more of what he did his rookie year, which was around QB 12 ish uh, from week to week uh, or over the course of the games he played. <laughs> Now, moving on to the running backs. Uh, I know it keeps sounding like I'm pumping myself up here on it, having these guys on my team uh, for Dynasty, but I truly do believe this. Uh, My first bold take is that Josh Jacobs is going to gain 1,800 plus total purpose yards, staying healthy all season. And he is going to finish a top five running back. 
Uh, I truly believe maybe top four, but I'm slightly... You know what? Top four running back. Top four running back. Josh Jacobs. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. Number two running back prediction. I predict, or my bold hot take is that Philip Lindsay is going to outproduce Melvin Gordon. Put it down in the books. This is enough to get me to the boiling point! That's right, folks. Now, this is going off some earlier I had heard news a bit, is uh, that Gordon was struggling at the camp, not picking up the offense well. Lindsay's in his, what, third year there uh, in the offense. Even though he was a low draft guy, I think sixth round or undrafted, I don't remember. Uh, he's always flourished there. Uh, anytime he's been up against better people, supposedly better people, I should say. Uh, but I think Melvin Gordon kind of showed his stripes. Uh, when him and Eckler were together, he just looked like, Eckler looked like the better running back at that point. I think he's worn down. I think he's beat up. Uh, yards per carry has never been his thing. Uh, everyone's anointing Drew Locke as going to take this huge step because all these weapons he has. But, man, that defense is going to struggle um, with all the injuries they've had recently. On top of that, I think uh, Cortland Sutton, I just saw, unfortunately hurt his shoulder. Hopefully he's fine. But I think that offense isn't going to be quite as potent as it thinks it's going to be. Um, and on, honestly, I mean, look at the division they're in. I think that it's it's – echelon teams and rebuild teams and i i think they kind of fit in between but i i I feel like the games against like the chargers will be knockout games i think the games against the raiders and the uh the chiefs they'll be playing catch up i think the raiders actually can take a decent step this year uh and honestly i just i don't think gordon's up to the task even though he's been a good receiving back um and then on top of that he's probably going to get hurt uh, he's probably not going to finish the season. So my hot take is Philip Lindsay's going to outscore him no matter the circumstance. Uh, and then I got uh, two more. I'm actually going to save one. Uh, technically, both of these teams are going to be later in the show with regression teams. Uh, but one of them is going to be like a total collapse. The other one, I think it... I don't think it's going to be a total collapse. I just think offensively it's going to fall back a little bit. So I'm going to go with that one uh, to start. And that'll finish out my my running back hot takes, which is I believe that um, Jarek McKinnon is going to be the number one running back in San Francisco this year. And he's going to flirt with mid-range running back two numbers, I believe. Um it kind of goes hand in hand with I think that the team's going to struggle. So we'll get a little more into that later. But um, Mostert is old. Um, Coleman is old and constantly banged up. And although McKinnon, I mean, has not been a spring chicken, he's he's never been beaten up, destroyed. It's always been non-contact stuff uh, the last couple of years that kept him out. And I think he's finally in a place where he's going to put together a healthy season, at least somewhat, especially being used not a ton. Uh, and then on top of that, I think 
because Frisco is going to take a step back and we'll get back into it later. I think they'll actually be in a lot more heated offensive games uh, or at least games that they need to to step on the gas late in the halves. And uh, McKinnon's really going to be the beneficiary about that. I think uh, Kittle's going to suck up all the uh, the attention. And Debo or Ayuk, depending on who's healthy and who's established themselves, um, they'll probably be a good high-end wide receiver too, whoever it is. I'm, my, my pick is Debo. Um, he's more physical, which makes him more a better uh, possession receiver where I think Ayuk's faster, so I think he's more of a big play. Like, Ayuk will have some big blow-up games, but I think people... Anyways, I'm getting off topic here. Jarek McKinnon is going to be the lead running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Goodness gracious, red balls of fire! All right, moving on to the wide receivers. The first one's going to be a tandem, two for... Uh, I believe, and this kind of actually goes into a QB I did not say. I think Jared Goff's going to have a bounce back to like a mid-range, like QB 6, 7. Um, and it's going to be on the back of this, which is that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to both be top 16 wide receivers this year. I believe that they're they're both talented Um they're both fantastic receivers. Cups motivated by the, the the contract yet, and or the work on the contract, which is happening this year, and he may get uh, prior to the season starting. But on top of that, um, I think they're they're perfect for the system, and I think the uh, the lack of consistent running game. They've never had a running back or a a team in the McVay era. They didn't have Gurley, and the fact that they have three okay guys is going to really hurt them they're going to cycle through so i think they're going to be throwing a ton um although higby's a little bit of a mirage i find him to be a back-end tight end one this year uh i think they're going to get reynolds and van jefferson involved uh, a ton also uh where they're going to be viable flex options from week to week depending on who really asserts themselves in that position but um and my assumption is health for cup uh, he did end up playing all 16 games last year, I believe. He was just chipped up a bit. Um, but I, I view both of them as, like, lower end. I, Cup is potentially a top-five receiver, but I view them both as low-end wide receiver ones this year. But I'm going to give the caveat, supporting both of them, uh, that it'll be a, a top-16 uh, receiver for those two. You are trouble. Mm. Trouble is my middle name. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. All right. Hot take number two. Or bold prediction number two. Uh, Devontae Adams is not a wide receiver one this year, even if healthy. Uh, I don't know what the overall love is for Adams. Um, I just, And maybe this is a Vikings fan in me a little bit, just kind of poo-pooing on him. Uh, so... He's only had one healthy season since being a regular starter. I know his rookie year he played all 16. But uh, other than that, he's missed at least one, two games, if not three, four, uh, some seasons, which have curbed him. Uh, But uh, as it was pointed out, and I think I noticed this actually a couple weeks ago, two seasons ago when he was a top three receiver, uh, was the only season he ever put over 1,000 yards up on the board. And part of that's the games played. But... um, on, on top of that, uh, it, he's only had two really big uh, 
over 15 yard uh, per catch seasons. And I think that's kind of what hurts him a little bit. Uh, now, he always does put up good touchdown totals. Uh, except for last season, really hurt him. He only had like five. Uh, so my my issue is he's only been a top 12 receiver twice in our format. Um, I just And one of those was 16 game season. The other one was 15. I don't see him staying healthy. Uh, he's always had an issue with nicks and bruises and just getting banged up. Uh, on top of that, I think it's going to be another year of no one respecting the other weapons other than Aaron Jones on that team. Uh, Tanyan might get a little attention, but honestly, he's just going to be dealing with a bunch of double teams. And the, the nicks and bruises are building up that I think he's having a harder time fighting through that, especially getting older. Um, and I just I don't see it. And there's, there's too many good receivers that have either the same situation or better situations. Uh, guys that were friends like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's going to another good QB. No problem there. Uh, Tyreek, I think he was hurt, so he was out. I expect a bounce back from Odell Beckham. Um, Juju's going to be a bounce back for this year, even if he's not the greatest thing ever. DJ Chark's going to probably take another step just with how bad that team is, the volume he's going to get. Uh, it's just... It's too much that I just, I don't understand the love for Adam. So he is not going to be a wide receiver one this season, regardless. He's heating up. All right. And then the, uh, the final wide receiver bold prediction, which is really going to pump me up is no one cares about this guy anymore on any level in redraft or dynasty. Um, I think he's shown every year that he's played, the games he's played, he's always been a, a double-digit viable receiver almost every game, whether it's a touchdown or 100 yards or near 100 yards. Uh, but he's just never gotten love. He was behind OBJ. Uh, then he was injured as the lead dog, although I think most people consider his tight end and other receivers better options. But I believe that Sterling Shepard is going to be a top 24 receiver. Um, honestly, let's go bolder. I think he's going to be a top 20 receiver. Uh, I mean, 24 is probably more appropriate. I don't think he's like going to just light the world on fire. But I, I see him averaging 12 to 14 points. I'd say 12 points a game. Um as long as he's healthy, and I just think this is the year he stays healthy. He was a high-end prospect coming out. Uh, everyone loved him and then just fell off the map when he went to New York. Um, and just never seemed to get any love from anyone. But, I mean, if you really look at his stats, he's been very good. Uh, over the course of his years when he played, uh, it was kind of the same argument I had last year with, um, with Devonta Parker. Uh, Parker may be a little less consistent, but um, he he always just felt like when he was healthy, he was balling out, and then he'd get injured and have a bad game, obviously, getting knocked out, and then he'd be out for a while. And no one ever gave him his due. And then last season, he put together a healthy season, and he killed it. And everyone's like, well, oh, Preston Williams was better in the first eight games. No, he wasn't, actually. Um, although Preston Williams out yarded him, uh, Parker was more the 
the big play guy and the red zone guy. So Parker ended up actually averaging 0.5 points more a game with Preston or against Preston. Uh, and then obviously he blew up when Preston Williams uh, went out with injury. But uh, in the same way, Sterling Shepard, I mean, you go to last season, he played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games. And in that, uh, six of them were double digits. Uh, and the ones that weren't double digits, I mean, he wasn't goosing you 7.2, 7.2, 6.2, 6.4. Never had a, like, a horrid, horrid game. I mean, obviously, those aren't good. But, I mean, he's he's consistently putting up, like, 70 uh, to 100-yard games. He's getting touchdowns. I think he's the number one option in the mold that OBJ was always, like, this big play guy, big yards after the catch guy, but he's not a big X receiver the way you think of other guys. Uh, at least that's just not how I imagine OBJ. Uh, I, I feel like Slayton's kind of that mold, that big chunk guy, and Shepard's going to just eat. I think he's more usable, especially Daniel Jones. You're looking at him. Daniel Jones did like to target him. Uh, 9, 9, 9, 7, 9, 6, 7, 11, 6, 10. I mean, and Shepard was never healthy the whole season. And, I mean, if you go back into the 2018 season, it's the same kind of thing. Is just he was never healthy, so he was always playing banged up. The games that he did seem healthy, he, he did well against teams. So uh, I, I truly believe in his talent still, even though everyone's been real down on him. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this is finally the year he puts it together, and he's going to be a, a very good usable wide receiver too. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he's on my team, and I have too many wide receivers, so he'll rarely make it into my lineup, but that's a good problem to have. I mean, I already maybe potentially lost Cortland Sutton. I'm still flush receiver. So uh, anytime you own a guy like Sterling Shepard, he's generally at this point your wide receiver five or six. And I, I honestly think he's going to put it together. I see this offense putting it uh, all together a lot. Uh, the line's better. You got a healthy Ingram who's going to take a lot of the looks from defenses. You got Slayton who's the bigger body. He's going to take a lot of looks from defenses. Uh, Saquon, obviously, and that line is stronger. I think Shepard's going to quietly be the guy that puts together uh, near, like probably a 90 to 100 catch season and flirt with thousand yard uh a thousand yard total and maybe like five touchdowns or something six touchdowns he's going to be that like low end mid end uh wide receiver too he's on fire! all right moving on to the tight ends um i guess my first one is i'm going to go against the new hotness a little bit and I think Mark Andrews is going to fall out of the top three tight ends. And I think he's going to end up somewhere in the seven to eight range on tight ends. Uh, this kind of alludes to my Lamar Jackson thing, which I think that Lamar Jackson it was way too efficient. Um, too many large plays that worked out well and a lot of yards after the catch. Now that people know what that offense is a little more, I think they're going to play it better. Uh, on top of that, I think you didn't have a real emerged pass catching back. I know Mark Ingram's a pretty good cast, patch, catch passing back, but I think J.K. Dobbins uh, really adds to it, which I think hurts Andrews a bit. Uh, I think that Jackson's just 
not going to be as good um, on the efficiency standpoint. So he'll probably end up throwing more because I think they want to run him less. But I, I honestly think his totals will come down, especially his touchdowns. Uh, and I think that was a big reason why uh, he ended up number probably, I don't know what was in this division, probably number two or three, uh, was the fact that he had 10 touchdowns. I think he's going to come back down a little bit and maybe be in the like six to seven range of touchdowns. So uh, between that and then uh, slight injury concerns, things like that, I think that Mark Andrews is going to be a, He'll be a fine play week to week, but I think he's going to be a lot more boom bust than he was even last year, and I think it's going to hurt him. So that is my hot take on Mark Andrews. That's just a sample. All right, hot take number two for the tight end is we're going to have a blast from the past. Now, his yardage is going to be so low, you're barely going to want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but I think Tyler Eifert is going to have double-digit touchdowns for the second time in his career. Uh, all accounts, he sounds pretty healthy. Last year, he played a full 16, although it was in super limited fashion. Um, I think that him being reunited with his old coach... Uh, with uh, Gruden, uh, I think he's going to get hit hard. And a lot of that's going to be also the lack of four net, the fact that they're hot dumpster fire and they're going to be way, way behind. Uh, I think that Chark's going to get a lot of big chunk plays for him. I think Connolly will probably do some stuff too, big chunk wise. Uh, Thompson will be good while healthy, but I think that Tyler Eifert will, uh, sorry. Uh, will be reunited with double-digit touchdowns. So that is my hot take, and he'll probably end up a top 10 tight end if he does that. Fire the guy. All right, and the final hot take, bold prediction. I believe that TJ Hawkinson will be a top five tight end. Now, this is bold for he got injured in training camp and then early in the season and then in training camp again. He, after that first massive game, he just did nothing. Well, I believe that Holiday is going to, or Galladay is going to come down to earth a little bit. I think Marvin Jones may actually be the top receiver there this season, but I think they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Their defense is not very good. They don't have much of a running game to control uh, with Swift getting hurt, with Carrion always getting hurt, Adrian Peterson. Like, it's just a mess because Patricia, uh, mostly. And I believe that they're going to be in a lot of game scripts. And I think that uh, the thing that Stafford does better than any quarterback is he finds his big man. Now, whether it's down the field or in the red zone, uh, I think it's why Marvin Jones has been so viable even though he hasn't been a high-volume guy. I think he's just very at that, and I think Hawkinson's just a, another level talent. So I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be a top-five tight end. This is a chemical <laughs> And to finally wrap up my bold predictions, I got a two-for-team prediction. Um, 
Oh, some some notable things I wanted to say on it is I believe that Leonard Fournette's going to be a number a top twelve running back. Um, I had several, honestly, uh, too many to get to. On it. I, I thought these were just some of the best suited ones, and a little deeper on some of them. Uh, but let's get into some team predictions. I believe two teams that are going to take a huge step backwards. And one of them I don't think is that surprising to some people, uh, but the other one maybe um, I kind of alluded to was the 49ers. Uh, I believe that Garoppolo is not the answer. Uh, I think he's an okay quarterback. Uh, I really do love Debo Samuel. I'm not as big on Iuk as a lot of people. Uh, but the fact is their, their run game was too good. Their defense was too good, and I think their defense is great. I think it'll continue to be good, but like we know in the past, defenses rarely repeat such top performances twice in a row. A lot of it is schedule-dependent and just momentum-dependent, and obviously injuries being held off. But I do believe that the the mixed match of running backs isn't going to be as efficient this time around. I think that Kittle is just going to get savaged by defenses where he'll still be a top three tight end but it's gonna be a harder go it's gonna be less catch rate I, I, I just think it's gonna be more of an issue um and I I just I see this team taking a real step back I think the Seahawks make a real push and the Rams make a resurgence maybe to get back to the playoffs but definitely I think the Seahawks win the division this year um it's just my belief in Russell Wilson, um, Metcalf taking a slight step, but uh, that running back core getting a little stronger behind Chris Carson. And I mean, just Russell Wilson, you can't really bet against that kid. So I, I, I truly believe that they're gonna have a more uh, vintage Saints-esque uh, season. Not worried the Saints had the great defense, but were. Breeze just pulled them along to the playoffs, and I think that the Niners are going to suffer because of that. The second hot take on teams is going to be the Tennessee Titans are god-awful again this year. Uh, It's kind of what I alluded to in the running back thing is I don't think Derrick Henry is a top 12 running back this season. He totally wore down last year and just didn't look right, and he's always been buoyed by big chunk plays and big games. And although he's a fine running back, I think that him, coupled with the fact of how efficient Tannehill was, even though I I do like him as a quarterback, but I think he's just a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, A.J. Brown, big chunk play. Like, everything about this team was just high efficiency. It was like that vintage season of Tony Romo where he was like the number 20 on attempts, but he ended up putting up like number eight eight or six QB performance in fantasy. Uh, It's just too efficient is the big problem. So I just, I don't see it happening again. Um, So I I think that all the Titans are going to suffer a bit. I don't think anyone hits the numbers that they did last season, other than obviously Tannehill being a quarterback all season. He'll probably do better. Um, But I just... I don't believe in the team. I think the defense is going to be a little worse this season, too. So, uh, for me, I think those two teams overall are going to take a regression back. And I think a lot of the fantasy pieces are going to suffer for that.
Let's get into week one breakdowns. We're going to start with the new Fantasy Empire Keeper League. Starting off, we have the first matchup between Unjur and France, and my number one likes number two. All right, so the lineups are Pat Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, Deshaun Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Blake Jarwin, Landry, uh, A.J. Brown, and the Bills' defense versus Cam Newton, Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey, OBJ, Brandon Cooks, maybe... Hunter Henry, Julian Edelman, John Brown, and the Minnesota Vikings. Some notable guys on the bench for Axel's team, I'd say, is Latavius since it's the Buccaneers, uh, James White against Miami, and Marvin Jones, especially if Kenny Galladay is limited or out, even though it's against Chicago. And then over on uh, my number one is... Maybe Ronald Jones is a week one starter and Justin Jefferson is a surprise uh, number two in Minnesota. Pretty much he's locked in where he's at. Uh, Going through, obviously, we like Pat Mahomes tonight versus Cam Newton, although the Miami matchup is very nice. Uh, We'll put the edge to Pat Mahomes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and McCaffrey versus Mostert and Taylor. Not knowing Taylor's usage, we're obviously going to give the nod to Bell and McCaffrey. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Calvin Ridley, and OBJ, Brandon Cooks. Actually, it's all receivers in the flex, too. So let's go Deshaun Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Landry, and Brown versus Beckham, Cooks, Edelman, and Brown. Uh, Although OBJ is nice, it is a tough matchup. Cooks is questionable against KC tonight. Edelman, Brown, uh, I, I got to say I like the edge. Uh, Landry's going to get peppered. Uh, Jackson's probably the most reliable target for Carson Wentz. They made beautiful music for a couple weeks. Calvin Ridley should do well in Seattle. Uh, and then Brown against Denver should be just fine, hopefully. Uh, so edge, we're going to give Axel on the receivers and flex. And at tight end, Hunter Henry versus Blake Jarwin. I'm going to call that a toss-up. I like Hunter Henry a lot better, especially against Cincinnati. But that being said, unknown on the quarterback usage, uh, we'll get him a toss-up, but I I would like to give a slight edge to Hunter Henry. And then finally, it's the Vikings versus the Bills. Bills are playing the Jets. Vikings are playing Green Bay. So we're going to give the edge to the Bills. Uh, a real close one on sleepers projections, 115.7 versus 115.13. Uh, edge to the Frenchman. Uh, I tend to agree with that. I would like to see maybe instead of Jonathan Taylor 
maybe a James White pivot. But that being said, Taylor's going against Jacksonville, who's atrocious. So although McCaffrey and Bell are a great combo, I'm going to look for Mahomes to have a real splash at the beginning of this season. So we're going to go ahead and give Frenchie the win. Next up, we got Team Texas Bear versus Team Silveriados. Silveriados. Uh, it's Deshaun Watson versus Matt Ryan at quarterback. Kamara and Jacobs versus Henry and Akers at running back. Hopkins and Thielen versus Cooper and Hill at receiver. Gronk versus Ingram. Uh, and then DK Metcalf and Hayden Hurst versus Sutton and Green. Uh, the Suttons may be questionable. And then it's uh, Chiefs versus Rams on defense. I hate both of the defenses, but since Houston has the lack of weapons compared to Dallas, uh, we'll see on that. On the bench notables for uh, Tyler's team is he could pivot to Aaron Rodgers if he wanted to against Minnesota. I doubt he will. Uh, other than that, maybe Henry Ruggs is an opener against Carolina. Cobb tonight is a possibility. On the other side, with the Silverados, I believe that's Justin's team. Uh, he could throw in Robbie Anderson, maybe. Preston Williams if he goes, although that's a tough matchup. Uh, the pivot might actually be Jerry Judy. Uh, with Sutton potentially injured there, he may have to get thrust into that. If not, I would probably lean towards Preston Williams as uh, Devonta Parker's probably going to get the number one corner with Stephon Gilmore. Uh, so heads up, let's see. Uh, Deshaun Watson versus Matt Ryan just because healthy weapons. I give the edge to Matt Ryan. Kamara and Jacobs versus Henry and Akers. No shock there. We're going to go Kamara and Jacobs. Uh, Hopkins and Thielen versus Cooper and Hill. This is a very interesting top one and two receiver showdown. Uh, Thielen being the number one again and Cooper seeing uh, Jalen Ramsey probably most of the game. I'm going to give the edge, uh, although Hopkins does have a tougher one in San Francisco. I'm still going to give the edge to Hopkins and Thielen. Um, I think they really want to feature Hopkins and show that it was a good move getting him, which everyone already knows it is. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to Ingram against Pitt, then Gronk against New Orleans. I think New Orleans uh, linebackers are pretty good, if I remember correctly. The one thing with Gronk is uh, if Evans doesn't play, he might get a bump and be higher than Ingram. But I think Ingram's going to try to come back with a splash at the... Um, at the flex, uh, Hayden Hurst and DK Metcalf versus Green and Sutton or Green and someone else. I look for Green to have a bigger game here, but Metcalf has the fantastic uh, showdown with, um, with Atlanta. And then Hurst on the other side of the same game against Seattle. Uh, surprisingly, just because the, the questionable play and who you have to pivot to, uh, I'm actually going to go DK Metcalf and Hayden Hurst. I don't like playing tight ends in this position of flex, but I think it's going to work well. And then the Chiefs, I like better than the Rams. The Rams have a little better offense, but I mean defense, but I think that Houston on Thursday night, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, although they're probably going to put some numbers up. I think they're going to be prone to some turnovers and 
big plays and stuff. Plus, you always have the return game of the Chiefs between Hardman and Hill. So, um, going through it all, I got to give the win over to Texas Bear, Team Texas Bear, Tyler's team. And it looks like Sleeper agrees with me after looking at it. But I think it's pretty plain and simple. The running backs are the big, big divide here. Uh, next up, we have Finkelis Einhorn versus Los Poyos Hermanos, which is Gill's new team name. So Dan and Gill. Uh, quarterback is Lamar Jackson versus Dak Prescott. At the running back, it's Melvin Gordon and Carrion Johnson versus Carson, Chris Carson and Jordan Howard. Uh, Mike Evans and Allen Robinson versus Michael Thomas, DJ Chark. Tight end, it's Hawkinson versus Kelsey. And at flex, it is Tyler Boyd and Marquise Brown versus Kareem Hunt and Tariq Cohen. Defense is rounded out as the Bears play the Lions and the Patriots play Miami. Uh, some notable people in the the bench is possibly David Montgomery playing. He was practicing in full today. Uh, Darius Slayton against Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe J.K. Dobbins, who knows? Uh, Brandon Ayuk, if he goes and Debo's out. And then uh, on the other side of the field, you got Jamison Crowder against Buffalo, who's probably going to catch 30 passes for 50 yards. Uh, Miller against Detroit's not bad. Sanders against Tampa is really intriguing. And if Jalen Rager goes, him against Washington. And then I do like Michael Pittman. Uh, I'd probably wait a week or two, but I think he's going to emerge as the new Michael Thomas light. Uh, so anyways, going through the edge on quarterback, I'm going to give it to Lamar Jackson, although I don't think he's as good a quarterback as Prescott, and I don't think he has the weapons that Prescott has overall. Uh, I think that the... Uh, Cowboys are going to lean a little more on the run their first uh, game. And I think that basically the Ravens will lean on the run. But run points goes to Lamar. So I'm going to give Lamar the edge, even though I'm not a huge fan of him this year. Uh, Chris Carson against Atlanta. Jordan Howard against New England versus Carrion and Melvin Gordon. Give me Chris Carson and Jordan Howard. Howard's a little questionable because they probably be trailing New England. Um, but Chris Carson's going to be pretty chalky in that porous Atlanta D, and although Tennessee's going to take a step back, uh, I don't believe Melvin Gordon's going to be a, the key focal point, and that defense is strong, and then carry on, same thing with Chicago's run defense is strong, so uh, give me Chris Carson and Howard just by a little bit. Uh, Evans and Robinson versus Thomas and Sharp. Uh, Chark's got a tough matchup, but they're going to have to huck it a ton. Thomas has a great matchup. Uh, Evans might be hurt, and Robinson, uh, he'll get Darius Slay, but he should be just fine. But how are you going to go against Michael Thomas and DJ Chark there? Uh, Chalk play Kelsey tonight over Hawkinson, although I could see Hawkinson doing a lot. Um, at the flex position, I do like Hunt because they're going to have to pass more to the running back. So I think he might even outproduce uh, Nick Chubb. And then Cohen, if Montgomery's banged up, obviously, versus Marquise Brown, although that is a good matchup. Uh, I find it to be a wash because Marquise is so boom-bust. So on the 
The big one is going to be Tyler Boyd. I think he's a good receiver. I think he's going to do well, even though um, A.J. Green's there. But the fact is, man, it's really hard to tell what they want to do with that. They have so many weapons, except for that line so terrible. And the secondary hurts, so I think Boyd and Green are actually going to have a good game. Uh, I'll give the slight edge to them, uh, but not by much. And then last up, the defenses, Patriots against Miami. I don't view this as the greatest matchup. Fitzpatrick is a chucker. Uh, he may turn over some, but he's going to put up some yardage and stuff. Uh, they have a good one-two punch on the running back compared to what they had last year. So I don't think it's as chalk a play for the Patriots, uh, especially with a not-as-good quarterback now. So I think they're going to be in a little bit worse game script. So I'll take the Bears on the advantage against Detroit with a banged-up Galladay and a muddled uh, running back decision tree to make. So um, I like the Bears here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring kind of affair with not a lot. So going through quarterback, that receiver, I got to go with uh, my man Los uh, Poyos Hermanos. Gil is going to get the win, although he doesn't have quite the good quarterback play. I think his running backs are a little stronger. His receivers are much stronger. His tight ends are. I think that the, the flex is enough, and although the defense isn't quite as good, uh, I don't think it's far off. So give me, uh, give me Gil for the win all day long. Next up, we have Team Chris 1914 versus Popeye's Sailor Men. Chris versus Mike. All right, at quarterback, we got Carson Wentz versus Matt Stafford. At the running back position, we got Zeke Elliott and Leonard Fournette versus Mixon and Gurley. Big heavy-hitting names, at least. Uh, at the receiver position, we got Chris Godwin and Kelly Gall Kenny Galladay versus DJ Moore and my man Sterling Shepard. At the tight end, we got Zach Ertz versus Mark Andrews. And at the flex, we got Sammy Watkins, Stefan Diggs versus Singletary and Gibson. Ooh, that's rough. Some notable people on the bench here is Matt Burita. And that's it for uh, what Chris's team. Yeah, Chris's team. And then Devonta Parker, although he's been a little banged up. Uh, Lazard. And that's about it, too. So a little rough on the bench. Uh, I kind of expect maybe Parker to make it into the lineup, either for Singletary or Gibson. Not sure which one he'll decide. But let's go through on the quarterback position. Washington's actually surprisingly decent against the pass. And Wentz doesn't have a lot of weapons, although the two tight ends are going to help a lot. But the big thing is Stafford is looking like he's hurting a little bit on the weapons thing with Chicago. And I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. So give me Wentz for the win there, but not by much. Next up, you got Mixon against the Chargers. Gurley against Seattle versus Zeke against the Rams and Fournette against New Orleans. Now, I think the big hitch here is although Fournette is going to be strong down the stretch I think his position he's actually in a better position now than he was before the Jags cut him uh, I think it's definitely too hard to bet him on bet on him week one and since the Chargers are hurting a little bit on the defensive side I think that Mixon can catch some balls and stuff I think Gurley's going to be involved enough 
And although I do like me some Zeke, and I think they're going to lean on it, give me a slight edge to Mixon and Gurley. Uh, at the receiver position, you got Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay, who is questionable now, versus DJ Moore and Sterling Shepard. Although I love Shepard, and I think Moore is fine. I don't know how he's going to be with Teddy Bridgewater, and Godwin's going to eat. So whether it's Galladay or Diggs, I, I, either way, I think Galladay, or Godwin is going to make the difference here. So give me a slight edge to Chris because of Godwin. At the tight end position, Zacherts versus Andrews because I'm giving the edge to Wentz. Give me the edge to Zach Ertz. He's going to have anywhere from 8 to 12 catches. And Andrews is going to be flirting with 5 catches maybe. So just give me the volume of Ertz for the win there. Uh, Flex, the big one is Sammy Watkins. Man, I don't know what to make of him if he's even in the plans anymore. Uh, Week 1 was pretty awesome last year for him though. Uh, Him and Diggs. Diggs has a good matchup against the Jets versus Singletary. Not really sure what to make of it, especially against that Bills defense. Sorry, against the Jets' run defense. Their run defense is fine. I think it's their pass defense is the problem. Um, If I'm remembering correctly, like I said, haven't paid much attention this offseason. And then Gibson, that's going to be the big wild card, man. Gibson can have a huge couple of plays and totally swing it in their favor. But I think right now the only person I'm really certain on is Diggs in this matchup. And honestly, I would like to see Watkins get subbed for Breda, possibly. I think he'll probably end up doing that. Although, man, Sammy, who knows? So if it was uh, either way, I'm going to go lean on Diggs just because. Uh, So we'll give the edge to Chris there. And then defenses, 49ers versus Arizona or Chargers versus Cincinnati. I don't love either of them, but the Chargers are probably in a better position against a rookie than the Niners are against Arizona and all those weapons. But the Niners do have a little bit better defense. Uh, The big problem is, man, we're going to call that one a wash. So right now the question is, is there enough of for the running backs and what the team lacks for Mike's team to go against Chris's? I'm going to say no, and although there's a lot of question marks, I'm going to give Chris the win, and I am in slight disagreement with Sleeper by a point on their projections. Next up, we got Team Brian Brodsky versus the SC Honkers. Goal! So it's the tale of the two Bryans. Uh, First up, we have... Josh Allen versus Drew Brees. Then at running back, we got Miles Sanders and Clive Edwards Hilaire versus Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake. At receiver, we got Juju Smith Schuster and Julio Jones versus Keenan Allen, Scary Terry McLaren. At tight end, we got Darren Waller versus Mike Gesicki. Uh, he's listed as questionable. But I don't think they have any problem with him. Uh, and then at flex, we have James Conner and Zach Moss versus Mark Ingram and Michael Gallup. Now, uh, he hasn't put it in there yet, but I assume that the Eagles are going into the defensive slot, so it'll be the Ravens versus Cleveland and the Eagles versus Washington. Notable bench plays, we got Marlon Mack, who's been said to be the starter still early on in the season. Uh... 
Other than that, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, just because he might be the only really healthy player outside of Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson in Philly on the receiver core. And dart throw Nicole Hardman, I guess, versus Chris Thompson, who's probably the uh, most used running back this week because of Indy. Uh, Alshon, I think they're leaning these playing, but you can't trust that. And then... Uh, Brian Edwards is the big one uh, against Carolina as a starting X receiver. So let's go down the line. Uh, Drew Brees with all his weapons versus Josh Allen against the Jets. Although I like Josh Allen and his matchup a lot, I'm going to put my money on Brees here with our six-point uh, touchdowns. I just think he is better suited, especially playing against Tom Brady. It's going to be a run-up score kind of game. So give me Drew Brees. Uh, Sanders and Edwards Hilaire versus Cook and Drake. Uh, as much as I want to believe in Edwards Hilaire, I think that the first couple of games will be a little rough. And Sanders is real questionable on his health. I don't know if he's even going to play, but if he does, he'll definitely be scaled back probably. And Corey Clement will go in, and I think they're just going to rely more on passes. So give me the advantage to Dalvin Cook and Kenyon Drake because although Drake doesn't have the greatest matchup, my goodness, was he impressive last year against San Francisco. I mean, against any team when he got traded. So uh, we'll give advantage Cook and Drake. At the receiver, Juju and Julio are obviously the play. Uh, Juju gets ben, Big Ben back, and he gets the Giants as a matchup. Uh, Monday night is a little scary at the Giants, but I do remember, although Big Ben was not great on the road at this point, at that point in his career, he did have like that. I think there was like 13 total touchdowns between him and Eli that week, so that's looking pretty impressive of a matchup. Uh, Keenan Allen elite. Scary Terry will probably eat, but man, I can't go against Julio and Juju in this one. And then Darren Waller versus Mike Gesicki. Uh, although Gesicki probably won't be the entire focal point, I think that uh, the fact that they have two rookies as starting running backs, I think Darren Waller actually will be good early on in the season. So give me the edge to Darren Waller there. Uh, and then Connor and Moss versus Ingram and Gallup, just because the question marks on Gallup and Ingram's usage. I know what Connor is while he's healthy. Uh, I do believe that Moss is going to play, and honestly, I could see a pivot to either Mac or JJ, but the big thing is I think Connor is going to be a huge workhorse, so give me him. And then uh, Baltimore versus Cleveland or Philly versus Washington, although I like Baltimore's defense a lot, Philly versus Washington is so enticing. They have so many issues in Washington right now. Uh, plus, I, I hear the good things about Haskins and Camp lately, but I just, I'm just i not believing it until I see it. So give me slight edge to Philly. Now, with all that, Breeze, Cook, Drake, and the defense, I don't think it's enough of an edge. So I'm going to have to agree with Sleeper here and say that Brian, number one, Team Brodsky, is going to take the win. And then your final matchup of the week is me and uh, the, the Fantasy Football Emperor and Team Groovy Drew. Now, I'm trying to push as long as I can to not drop someone if I can get Mike Williams into the flex. If not, I'll be dropping someone, and of course the Colts will go in as my defense. 
But to start at the quarterback position, we have Tom Brady versus Russell Wilson. At the running back positions, we have Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones versus Chubb and Eckler. At the receiver position, we have Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup versus T.Y. Hilton and Robert Woods. At the tight end, we have either Dallas Goddard or uh, Jack Doyle as of right now versus Kittle. At the flex position, we have Tyler Lockett and David Johnson versus Philip Lindsay and Will Fuller. And then the Steelers versus the Colts. So at quarterback, I'm going to give the edge to Russell Wilson. Atlanta's a hot mess on defense, whereas New Orleans is decent at defense. But the big thing is Tom Brady is going to do well, but not having Mike Evans to set him back a little bit. Although they may run more 12 personnel since they have O.J. Howard and they might be just fine. Uh, Russell Wilson in that matchup is just huge. So I got to go with Wilson as a little bit of an edge there. Uh, The only hope is Brady throws four touchdowns to keep up with Breeze, and then I'm set. Uh, At running back, although this is probably the hardest matchup I have to go against with my powerhouses, um, I think that Chubb is hurt against Baltimore more than Aaron Jones is hurt against Minnesota. Uh, Barkley is amazing, even if it's against Pitt. And although the problem is Eckler has such a good matchup that it's going to be hard to stave him off. But honestly, the Chubb matchup makes it enough. I give myself an edge on the running backs at the receiver. Uh, I think the best, it's going to come down to Cup versus Woods. Whoever outperforms is going to end up winning the receiver battle for us. Uh, if they both do well equally, then although I poo-pooed on Devontae Adams, uh, Minnesota struggled with big receivers lately. Uh, he is the only option for Aaron Rodgers, really, in the passing game. And sorry, but although T.Y. Hilton's great, uh, we don't know what Rivers is. We don't know how he's going to be with these receivers. But one thing I do know is his arm is a wet, limp noodle. Just like Brian Brodsky when he's looking at older veteran players. Uh, So I'm going to give the edge to Adams and Cup, even though I do like Woods, and I think he'll actually probably outproduce Cup this week. Uh, No surprise, Kittle's the pick over Goddard or Doyle. The only thing is I might pivot to Doyle because, man, Doyle, I think, will... if, If there's one thing I will bet on... It's the volume guys with Rivers, and the two guys I view as the volume guys are him and Pittman. So um, unless, like I said before, Hilton becomes Reggie Wayne all of a sudden, let's go with uh, let's go with that. Uh, sorry, with uh, Doyle even. I'm still taking Kittle. It's not even close. He's just another level. Um, at the flex position, we got Tyler Lockett and David Johnson versus Will Fuller and Philip Lindsay. Fuller can have a massive game and put up two, three touchdowns, but he's more than likely not as good a play as David Johnson. And then obviously, Tyler Lockett is the best out of all these guys. Uh, the fact that I'm also playing against his quarterback really helps to seal the deal. So give me Lockett and Johnson versus Lindsey and Fuller all day long. And then although I like the Steelers' defense, especially against a young quarterback still in the Giants, I think they have enough pieces, whereas the Colts are playing easily the worst team in football right now, although they have a couple big-body receivers that are going to do a lot. Uh, I think there's too many mistakes. I think the lack of a run game 
and give me the Colts all day long in that defensive matchup. So although I don't like betting on myself because I think it's bad luck, I'm going to give myself the win. And I think that if you look at me putting in the defense, Sleeper does agree with me on their projections. So that'll conclude our new Fantasy Empire Week 1 matchups. Next up, we have the ATL Dynasty League. So let me get switched over to the Dynasty League real quick. Go to the league. And yes, I'm doing all this on the fly. I didn't have much time to prepare. Like I said, I've been having a really crummy week. A couple weeks, actually, with uh, medical stuff. But I'm here working my butts off for you and Grateful Bastards anyways. So starting off, we have the defending champion, Jones Enforcing TDs versus El Oso Fuego. Mr. Greenwood versus Tyler's team. So to start at the quarterbacks, we got Carson Wentz and Tom Brady versus Josh Allen and Tyrod Taylor with the possibility of Mitch Trubisky making a entrance there. At running back, we have Derrick Henry and Kedron Drake versus uh, Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon. At receiver, we have Devonta Adams and Chris Godwin versus Tyler Boyd and Landry. Zach Ertz versus Gronk at tight end. And running back, we have Aaron Jones and Terry McLaren versus Kareem Hunt and DJ Moore. So I'm going to substitute a couple caveats in here. We're going to say that Aaron Jones is actually the number two running back instead of, I guess, Kenyon Drake. And instead of Melvin, or instead of, uh, I don't know, Tyler Boyd, we're going to say DJ Moore is the number one receiver. Uh, so we'll put them into those slots as we analyze. So right off the bat, uh, we have Carson Wentz and Zach, er- I mean, and Tom Brady with Tannehill as a possibility of getting floated in there, but probably not. So I think this is the matchup you're going to see. The only difference is you might see Mitch Trubisky against Detroit, although I think he's betting on that Cincinnati defense being atrocious. Either way, it's probably... I think Mitch has a higher ceiling, but they're probably close in rankings, him and Taylor. So either way, advantage is going to Brady and Wentz. Uh, I don't think it's very difficult to say that. Uh, Brady is the big key factor here, and Wentz, they're just better quarterbacks. Um, Good matchups, both of them. So they're fine matchups for one, good matchup for Wentz. So we're going to go them. Uh, Second up, we got Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon versus Henry and Drake. Um, I think Melvin Gordon and Henry are kind of a wash equal. I'd say Henry probably a little more volume. Um, But I'm going to go Saquon Barkley being the big factor here. So give me the running backs. Oh, sorry. No, it's Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. Man, that's tough. All right. You know what? Give me... No, no, I'm going to stick with it. Saquon's going to have a huge, massive game. Give me the running backs at Saquon and Melvin Gordon. Uh, Receiver, it's DJ Moore and Jarvis Landry 
versus Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin. No-brainer here. Give me Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin. Uh, tight end, no-brainer. Give me Ertz over Gronk. Uh, it's just too much question marks on Gronk, and Ertz is just prime for workload. And then it's Drake and McLaren versus Hunt and Tyler Boyd. Um, Drake is going to be the early on bell cow until he starts getting worn down, and they'll use him a little less. McLaren's in a great position here to, to get a big touchdown and some yardage. Uh, but Boyd has a good matchup. Hunt is going to be used a lot. Give me... I'm going to say Boyd and Hunt, but not by a ton. Uh, so that being said, the quarterbacks and the receivers are a big, a big enough gap. And then I'm, either way, I'm going with Jonesons for some TDs for the win. At the second one, we got Look What You Made Me Draft versus Team GA, Georgia Dogs for Life. Uh, you got Russell Wilson and Jared Goff versus Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. We'll just go through and actually rate him as we go. Uh, obviously, we're going to take Russell Wilson, although I love the Breeze matchup. Wilson's matchup's great. Goff is a better play than Bridgewater, even though the matchup's good. So give me give me Goff and Wilson. Uh, the running back position, it looks like as of right now, we're going to leave uh, Montgomery out of it because we don't know if he's even playing. So Ronald Jones and Devin Singletary. Versus Dalvin Cook and I guess Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, one of them. Either one, take your pick. Uh, either way, uh, Dalvin Cook's the big seal of the deal here over the other guys. So we're going to go Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor or Mack. Uh, Hopkins and Evans, who might not play, versus Metcalf and Fuller. Uh, no, sorry, Metcalf and Cup. Uh, if ha if Evans doesn't play, let's see what we have. Receiver, running back, wise two sub in there. You got Duke Johnson tonight, maybe. Uh, C.D. Lamb is a throw up. Probably Mark Andrews would end up going to the flex, and Ridley would go to receiver. So let's call it uh for, just to be safe. Ridley and Hopkins versus Metcalf and Cup. That's a tough one. Hopkins does have a little bit of a tough matchup. Uh, Ridley is going to do well. Metcalf's in line for a big game. Same with Cup. Man, this is a real wash. Toss-up. I'm going to go with my super-duper gut. And since Ridley is... There's less... There's, there's more options with a healthy Gurley, a Hayden Hurst. I'm going to give the edge to Metcalf and Cup. I think Metcalf is one of only two and a half receiving options. I think Cup is one of only two and a half receiving options. And it's going to be high-volume passing games. So give me that side for that. Uh, Kittle versus Knox. There's not even a discussion here. I don't know why I would even talk about it. So then it'll end up being Mack or Taylor and uh, Mike Evans if he plays. If not, Mark Andrews probably versus Montgomery if he plays, and Will Fuller if he doesn't play. Uh, we could see Zach Moss. We could see, I don't know, maybe J.D. McKissick, Randall Cobb, Jalen Rager. Ugh, it's rough. It's rough looking here. Uh, I'm going to say that if he doesn't play, he's probably going to pivot to Randall Cobb tonight which 
would be tough. He's got throwing in. So let's assume he's going to play. Uh, so Montgomery and Fuller versus uh, Rid- or Evans and whoever. Oh, okay. Breaking news. As I'm doing this hard-hitting analysis, he changed his lineup, or at least he started to. So Andrews is for sure in the flex spot, and Cook is for sure the running back, and I think he's deciding his RB2 and his flex play. So assume Taylor or Mack's going to be in there, and then probably Crowder, maybe CeeDee Lamb. Evans could if he plays, obviously. So... Either way, the the flex position with Fuller and Montgomery, I think that outplays Andrews and everyone but Evans. Uh, Fuller is just, he's going to have probably a couple big touchdowns. Uh, Either way, I mean, with Wilson, Goff, Cook, Hopkins, Ridley, Kittle, and I mean, it's just too much. I'm going to give, in the fact that it's Bridgewater, Ronald Jones, probably Singletary, uh, we're going to give Look What You Made Me Draft the win against uh, Georgia Dogs for Life. Next up, we got Zeke and Destroy. Oh, by the way, that noise is my new co-host, my son Hudson. Say hi, Hudson. Hudson. Okay, what are you doing? What do you got there? Ah. So he's helping out the show finish out these last two. So next up we got Zeke and Destroy versus Chris1914. At the quarterback position, it's Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes and Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke's the big question mark here, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm just going to honestly... It comes down to Lamar Jackson, if he can keep up with Pat Mahomes. I like Drew Locke a little better. Man, this is a tough one. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say Jackson and Rodgers for the win at quarterback. At running back, you got David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey versus Zeke and Gurley. Both great. I like David Johnson's matchup a little bit, probably catch a bunch of passes. So, obviously, we go with McCaffrey over Zeke. And we'll give them the edge at running back. At receiver, we got Tyreek Hill and OBJ versus Kenny Galladay and Julio Jones. Uh, Tyreek's a boss. Julio's a boss. So it comes down to Galladay. If he plays versus T.Y., I like Galladay better. But it's a big question mark. Uh, The big question is, who do you like better between Julio and Tyreek? I like Julio a little bit better, so I'm just going to give the edge over there. Uh, no doubt Kelsey's higher ranked than No Fant. And so the flex position comes down to T.Y. Hilton and Darius Slayton versus Stefan Diggs and either Mike Williams, who might not play. Uh, you got options like Tariq Cohen, uh, Lazard, and... I guess John Ross, not a whole lot there. Curtis Samuel, maybe. Not great options. Uh, Anyways, we'll assume that Mike Williams plays, but he won't be used very often. So, Darius Slayton and... uh, Oh, sorry. So, 
Hilton, that's right. So with OBJ and Hill, uh, having a bad matchup in the Tyreek Hill, I'm still going to go Galladay and Julio over that. And then Hilton and Slayton versus Diggs and Mike Williams. Give me Hilton and Slayton just because they're both healthy. I don't know how much Williams is going to do. And then Stephon Diggs is not – he's new to the offense, so we'll see what he ends up being. But for now, we'll err on the side of caution. So all that – it's going to come down to the total amount of play. And although I like Chris's team better over on a lot of spots, it's the Williams, it's, it's the second flex spot is the real kicker and the tight end for Zeke and Destroy. So I'm going to give Dan the win there. Uh, next up, the final two matchups, we have Fantasy Football Team. Awesome name, Mr. Jones. And the Untouchables. Uh, so at quarterback, we got Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton. Or, and Cam Newton versus Garoppolo Rivers. I think it's pretty simple. We go Matt Ryan and Cam Newton just because we don't know what Rivers is going to be. And Newton's playing against Miami. Uh, at running back, we got Carson and Eckler versus Chubb and Mixon. Although I like Mixon, I don't like Chubb. So give me Carson against Atlanta and Eckler against Cincinnati. You got in your hand, bud. Oh, you got part of your mat? Got my headphones here? Okay. You can play with them. Okay, at receiver, we got Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson versus Adam Thielen, Robert Woods. Uh, Lockett's locked in, Robinson's locked in. As much as I like Thielen and Woods, Woods is the big question mark because it can go with either him or Cup dominating any given week. So give me the assurance, the assurance of Robinson and Lockett with those good matchups. At the tight end, I'm going to go Waller versus Higby all day. At the flex position, it's Keenan Allen and Miles Sanders versus Ingram and Cooks. With those big question marks, give me Allen and Sanders. Although I could see Sony Michelle getting pivoted in there. Or... That's pretty much all he's got. So, uh, Either way, I think we all know where I'm going to go. Quarterback, although the running back's black, he wins every other level. So give me team uh, fantasy football team for the win. And then the final matchup is the dumpster fire that is Team Axel Tricod. I never know how to say his last name. Versus my team, the, football, the fantasy football goonie. Uh... I mean, obviously, I'd take the win because Axel's team sucks and my team's one of the best. But just for Hello? posterity's sake, Hello? just for posterity's sake, we have Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott versus Kyler Murray and Derek Carr, maybe Joe Burrow. Either way, Watson and Prescott win. Uh, Jacobs and Edwards Hilaire versus McKinnon and Howard. Uh, I might not go Clive Edwards-Hilaire. I might end up moving a receiver into my flex spot. And if that's the case, it doesn't matter. He's starting Jordan Howard and Jerick McKinnon. I'm starting Josh Jacobs, so I win there. At receiver, we got Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper. I could sub in any receiver, and it's still going to be Christian, Kirk, yeah, Christian Kirk and uh, Michael Gallup. At tight end, I'll give him the edge just because Hunter Henry has the unknown with the new quarterback uh, with Ingram. And then at my flex position, obviously, I have Alvin Kamara and James Conner versus Juju and Anthony Miller. 
no question there. Kamara and Connor. So that's going to uh, basically finish up the picks for the week one matchups. Uh, tweet me at the FF Goonie if you have any uh, hot takes that you think I'm wrong on with the uh, hot takes slash bold predictions for this episode or if you want to hit me up with your own and or also hit it up on the chat in group me that we have for the two leagues and also if you dispute my takes on who's going to win this week remember as always i did not pay attention this off season so my advice is about as good as say you know espn fantasy football or cbs or something so take it with a slight grain of salt but it's still pretty hot and fun takes So uh, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you after the week one matchups. And as always, Goonies never say die. Show me how to lie. You're getting better all the time. And turning all against one isn't art that's hard to teach. Another clever word sets off an unsuspecting hurt. And as you step back in the line, a mob jumps to their feet. Now dance, fucker, dance, man. That's all, folks.